What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show. It is Monday, January 15th, 2024. And the reason at least I have some energy right now is because that Dolphins game was Saturday and not yesterday. I've had more, well more than 24 hours to get over what I saw. I'm sure some of you have gotten over what you saw Saturday night. True Dolphins fans, diehard Dolphins fans, you haven't gotten over what you saw on Saturday night. The weather was the big story going into the game. I don't really know how much of an effect the temperatures had on the game. We know some, some slippage, but overall the Dolphins, they just got outworked. They got outdone. They weren't good. They weren't good enough to beat many teams in the league from what I saw on Saturday night. I know a lot of you are getting ready to follow the uh, football game coming up here uh, shortly. Also, Chris Greer, Mike McDaniel speaking. Not a whole lot really going to be said. We're not going to get any answers on this Monday afternoon. So I come here today where we all have to say goodbye to our dearly beloved 2023-2024 Miami Dolphins, a team that was once again buried in the first round, and it has now been 24 years since the Miami Dolphins won a playoff game. That happened back in 2000, 24 years ago. It's certainly possible, and it's actually probable, that some of you who are tuned in right now weren't even born back then. I know my audience is a bit older, and that's cool with me, because I'm, I'm all about information. I'm about giving you the... Slater's scoop. It's all about knowledge here on the show. I'm not sitting here laughing for hours. I'm not sitting here talking about everything else in the world for hours. So I know there's a lot of media members that tune into this show. There's a, there's a lot of you in Broward, Palm Beach, Miami-Dade, other counties as well, where you're a bit older. But it's not everyone. I know there's people younger than... 24, 25 tuned into this program. And heck, even if you're 30, I mean, what were you, six years old the last time the Dolphins won a playoff game? I don't know. I don't even know if you were watching football back then. Just how crazy is it? I thought this only pertained to the Florida Panthers because the Panthers hadn't won anything in a quarter century. Finally, they did. And now it's the Dolphins, 24 years, and this is the year that we thought, this was the season we thought they were so good. So this hour, this show, it's it's easy to do. I'm not looking for easy. I'd rather not do this show today in a sense of I want to do the show, but I'm talking about the type of show. This is not the type of show that I would like to do today. I take zero joy in this type of show today. I can assure you, doing a 
the Dolphins just beat the Chiefs, let's get fired up for next week show would be way more awesome for me to do. I would much rather be doing that. I'd rather be saying, look, if Pittsburgh knocks off Buffalo this afternoon, the Dolphins don't even have to go to Baltimore. They'll go to Houston. That's the type of show that I would like to do today. But I can't. This is where we are. Again. And I was watching the game last night. I've watched every single game. I was watching the Lions, the Lions and the Rams. That was actually the first good game that we've had so far. The Lions, they won. Sorry if I spoiled that for you, but if I did, then I don't know what you're doing tuned in to me right now. But by the Lions winning that game last night, that means the Miami Dolphins, your Miami Dolphins, not my Miami Dolphins, Slater, I'm a Jets fan. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. J-E-T-S, sup, sup, sup. The Miami Dolphins have the longest streak going in the NFL as far as time between playoff wins. I know the names have changed in 24 years. There's been a carousel of players, quarterbacks, head coaches, gurus, defensive coordinators. This has been a revolving door. It's like you go into some of those uh, hotels, the fancy hotels. They have the door that you could just pull it open or push it open. And then they've got the revolving door. It just keeps going and going and going and going. You don't even have, it says do not touch. It just continues to go around. Might as well put a Miami Dolphins logo on that door because that's what this organization has been. 24 years, that's the way it's been. Their new facility should have that. Just a revolving door. You put a GM in there. Then you put a coach in there. Then you put a quarterback in there. You put offensive linemen in there. Offensive linemen in a revolving door may not be the best idea, but you get my point. Ultimately, we always end up doing one of these shows which turns into like a a funeral. It's a memorial service. I've done this show so many times before. It's just every time it's with a different cast of characters. But it's always the same result. So I'm here doing the show yet again from Medellin. I came here last week. I was going to go to Kansas City. I saw the forecast. I said, heck no. No, thank you. Marlins man went over there. He's nuts. I mean, he's just nuts in life. But I said, no, thanks. He's like, come to the game. I said, no, 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 no way. Didn't put in for a credential. Didn't want to get a ticket. I didn't want to fly there. They can have the best barbecue in the world. No, thank you. My philosophy was, why go out there and freeze and get frostbite and be horrible when the two outcomes will be either A, you're going to be disappointed because they lost, or B, they're going to have another game, and then you can go to that one, which will be in the divisional round, which will be better. So even though I'm here right now in Colombia and I'm having a great time with other things you know I'm hanging out with a lot of my friends here girls, 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 girls. 
I later this week would have most likely altered my plans to go to either Baltimore or Houston. I was just in Baltimore a couple of weeks ago. See how much more fun this would have been if I would have been talking about going to Baltimore this weekend? It would have been so much more fun. I would have been talking about the flights, the airports, Baltimore again, getting to the stadium, how Tua did so well in Kansas City. Now they could take out Lamar Jackson. That would be so much more fun, wouldn't it? Or going to Houston to take on C.J. Stroud. But no. It's another Miami Dolphins, not first down. It's another Miami Dolphins funeral. That is where we are. And I don't know what I could say, even though the hour has not officially started yet. It will shortly. I don't know what else I could say or anything that I could say to brighten a Miami Dolphins fans day. Really, I don't know. I don't know what else I could say. Even if I said, hey, the Bills, they're going to lose. Okay, so whatever. That's not going to make you happier. The Dolphins put themselves in this position in many ways. Losing to Buffalo, losing to Tennessee, blowing a 14-point lead with, what, under three minutes to go? That was dumb. They could have had a home game. They could have won. But maybe we all would have been fooled. Maybe in the end. Maybe. I don't know for sure. But maybe in a couple of years from now, we'll all be able to say, you know what, when the Dolphins didn't beat Buffalo and they blew that game to Tennessee, that could have been the best thing that ever happened to them because then that made them realize to make this change and that change, and now look where we are. Because if the Dolphins would have beaten Buffalo or beaten Tennessee and been able to have a home game and maybe won the home game and then got blown out in the divisional round, maybe we would have all been fooled a little bit. I don't think we're getting fooled now. I don't think the Dolphins organization is going to be fooled. They're going to make some big decisions, not today, not tomorrow, but in the future. And I have a feeling what those decisions may wind up being. I sent out a tweet after the game on Saturday night because the the biggest topic was Tua, and then the second biggest topic was Mike McDaniel. And I was a little surprised because my buddy Will Manso from WPLG Local 10, he tweeted, man, it's going to be a long offseason of questions about Tua and McDaniel. And I quote tweeted him. And I said, I think we already have the answer on Tua, McDaniel, to be determined. When I said, I think we already have the answer on Tua, I was surprised how many people responded by thinking, I believe that Tua is the answer. He is the future for the Miami Dolphins. When I said, I think we already have the answer on Tua, that is not what I meant. And you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, Slater. I came here three months ago and you said, forget about it. This is the guy. No more questions. 
Well, I've said a lot of things here on the airwaves in almost 16 years that I've been doing this show, having Dolphins funerals every year. And a few months later, I changed my mind. And you know why? Because things things happen and things change. So I'm not going to I'm not going to stick to a stance that I had 3 months ago because hey, that's what I said 3 months ago and I'm sticking to it. No, that would be dumb. So if you do remember what I said 2 3 months ago, you know what? You're right. I was wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. At least I think I was wrong. All right, I got many more things to say, and I haven't even really gotten going yet. And and it's time for me to do that, because I've been talking here for 12 minutes. I told you where I am. I told you where I'm not going, where I would have loved to have gone this weekend. I didn't hit my parlay, and... I, I need to have a parlay funeral? No, I already had that when it lost. I need to have a Miami Dolphins funeral. And I have many things to say during this Dolphins funeral. I would play the funeral music, but it's just too sad. I don't want to do that. You guys are already a mess. And if you got over it yesterday, here you are tuned into me and I'm bringing it up again. And it's just something I have to do. What do you want me to do? Come on here today and just ignore it and talk about the Miami Heat? Can you feel the heat down in your soul? I feel the heat down in my soul. No, I can't do that. It's going to be a long offseason, isn't it? And it's only January 15th. All right, I got many things to get to. They're all Dolphins related, but I can't get to them until this hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. The first thing I have to say, and to me, watching this game Saturday night, it was very confusing. So we know the Dolphins lose 26-7. But the Dolphins' defense, the one that was starting guys off of the street, The unit that was down six starters, key starters, no Jalen Phillips, no Bradley Chubb, no Andrew Van Ginkle, no Xavier Howard, no Javon Holland, no Jerome Baker. We're not talking about just dudes, legit starters. That group, the one that was down bad, they held Kansas City to four field goals in red zone trips. Yes, they gave up the opening drive touchdown and the late one to Pacheco. But Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs had four chances in the red zone and came away with 12 points on four field goals. In most cases, that would provide enough life to the offense to come up with more points. Why this game, to me, is so perplexing, such a head-scratcher, and and I, I don't have any hair to scratch. I'm just scratching my head. The MASH unit, which is the defense, 
they were actually pretty good. It was the Miami Dolphins offense that was absolute trash. They only had one really good play. And that play was by Tyreek Hill. It wasn't a great play by Tua. It was underthrown big time. It was definitely not a great ball thrown by him. It was a great play from Tyreek. And that was it. What else did the Miami Dolphins offense give us? Zilch. Nothing. Nada. Small potatoes. No potatoes. Diddly squat. A big old goose egg. Exactly. Zero. One drive. They decided, okay, let's get Tua into this football game. He throws it up. It's short. Tyreek Hill makes a great play. He goes in, and that was it. That's all there was from the Miami Dolphins offense. Two topics jump off the page when it comes to scrutiny. When you talk about failure from this Dolphins offense, there are two things that need to be discussed. Number one is the starting quarterback, and number two is the head coach. And I want to start with number two. I want to start with Mike McDaniel. As I tweeted after the game, I think Mike McDaniel's status should be to be determined. Do we know the answer yet on Mike McDaniel? I don't. I don't think I have the answer. But what I do believe is that Mike McDaniel needs help. And Mike McDaniel, what he really needs to do is give up the play calling especially if they're able to retain Frank Smith. He's the OC. I know the Carolina Panthers want to interview him. He's a name that's being kicked around as a potential head coach. I think Mike McDaniel needs to give up the play calling. Now, why do I think that? Of course, I'm going to give you an answer. I'm not going to say, hey, Mike McDaniel needs to give up the play calling and let's move on to the next topic. I think Mike McDaniel needs to give up the play calling because the Miami Dolphins have too many other issues. These issues are popping up on game day. Things that should be very simple. Stuff that a head coach who is on top of his game is going to be able to take care of. What are those things? Well, they're operational. They're simple. Like getting in and out of the huddle having limited pre-snap penalties, communicating the play calls quickly and efficiently to the quarterback in a timely fashion so that the QB can get out of the huddle and relay the plays to the rest of the offense and still have enough time to read the defense and check out of it if need be. That's very important, and these issues need to be fixed Immediately, this can't keep happening. The Dolphins cannot shoot themselves in the foot. They cannot have all of these little mistakes. And when you have all of these little mistakes happening, it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger as the games get tighter. Look around. You have some very talented and experienced head coaches that are currently 
out of work. Mike McDaniel has to understand Stephen Ross isn't looking at him and comparing him to year one Mike McDaniel. He's comparing him to what else is around the league. Not just what did he do from year one to year two. Bill Belichick's out there. Jim Harbaugh's out there. Ross was at that Michigan game. He's well aware of Harbaugh and all of his success. I'm not saying, oh, here we go again. But the training wheels are off for Mike McDaniel. He's a funny dude. He's a fun guy. But he's supposed to be an offensive guru. And the offense was horrendous Saturday night. And even before then, down the stretch against good teams, they weren't good enough. And that falls on the head coach, particularly when his background is offense. And he's still calling the freaking plays. If Mike McDaniel gave up the play calling, he'd be able to manage the entire team, not just the offense. He'd be able to make sure the communication is good. He can closely monitor the time and the score. He can call timeouts better. And maybe he'd even win a challenge. I get it. You want to go with what you know. Mike McDaniel knows his calling card is that when he was the assistant head coach with the 49ers and he was the run game coordinator with him, that, okay, he knows offense and he had talent around him, and he turned that in to a head coaching gig with the Miami Dolphins. And because he did very well as the assistant head coach and run game coordinator, he does not want to trust anyone else to run the offense because that's his thing. And defensive guys, as far as when they become a head coach, it's the same way. But a lot of times that turns into a mistake because the job of a head coach is way bigger than calling plays. If Mike McDaniel was nailing everything, if his teams did not have pre-snap issues, if there were not communication issues, if there weren't timeout issues, challenge issues, if all of that was fine, I would say, you know what? Go call the plays until you're blue in the face or you've got snotsicles on your nose like Andy Reid. But this is very fixable stuff. And here we are going into another offseason where it's yet to be fixed. You want to talk about a collapse well, you're, you're in luck because that's what I'm going to get to in just a moment. What you should get to if you want to have fun, Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. The Lucky Hearts Poker Open is going on right now in the ballroom. They've got about 80 poker tables set up in that ballroom right now, and big-time money is flying around during the Lucky Hearts Poker Open at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. So many different types of tournaments are happening right now, all part of the Lucky Hearts Poker Open. 
different buy-ins, different prize pools. The main event has a $2 million guarantee prize pool. The best thing for you to do is head to their site, SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. That's SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com, where you will see the entire event schedule. And then head on over. They're in the ballroom area. It is an unbelievable setup. You want to be part of it. It is the Lucky Hearts Poker Open going on right now at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. If you go back, um, I'd say a month, maybe two months, this Dolphins collapse, which all got finalized on Saturday night, it seems even more weird. The Dolphins had a huge divisional lead in the AFC East. I'm coming on the airwaves saying, forget about the division. That's already in the bag. The Dolphins have that. Buffalo isn't looking good. The Miami Dolphins look like the greatest football team, just like the song says. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. So don't worry about the AFC East. The Miami Dolphins Dolphins have got that. They could have had that night against the Bills their first hat and shirt day, which means you win the division. It could have been the first time in, what, 15 years? But we all know what happened. You blew it! Yes, they did. They blew it to the Titans, and then they lost to the Bills. They have lost the last three weeks to the number one seed, the number two seed, and the number three seed. The Chiefs, they were number three. The Bills, they're number two. The Ravens, they're number one. When you're losing to the one seed, the two seed, and the three seed, it shows you you're not good enough. At least not yet. How do you get better? Well, I would say it's on two guys. One, Mike McDaniel. And two, Chris Greer. Because the main problems, I wouldn't necessarily say are on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm not saying Vic Fangio. The main problems are on the offensive side of the football. I know it was super cold and conditions did have something to do with the game for both teams. But when you're down six starters on defense and your defense holds KC to four field goals in four red zone opportunities, I know they got two touchdowns. But we're talking about four times where they got a field goal. They held them to a field goal with six starters out defensively. The defense is not the problem. Can they get better? Of course. But they're not the problem. You can give me storylines. You can give me stats. You can give me whatever you want, but I'm not going to call what you give me a narrative. Sometimes you just have the truth staring you in the face. Narrative is overused. I said it last week. There's a narrative. It's not a narrative. It's just the truth. In cold weather games, Tua is 0-5. That's a fact. Tua and the Miami Dolphins could not beat good teams this year with the exception 
of the game against Dallas, and you saw what happened to the Cowboys yesterday in their game, they got destroyed. They were down 27 nothing at one point. So here we are. We're four years into this thing. And what can we say about Tua Tungavailoa? Tua has a lot of weaknesses. When you look at the scripted plays, which is essentially the first 15 plays of the game, there's nothing to really think about. You're getting the best stuff because the Dolphins draw everything up all week. In those plays, Tua looks brilliant. Not good, but elite. The accuracy that Mike McDaniel talks about that he fell in love with, it's on full display. Tua's balling out on those scripted plays. But as the game wears on, as it becomes less about the script, these specific few plays that the coach wants to have run out there, where you've got to make a play, you've got to go off the script, you've got to read a defense and react, you've got to let your natural instincts take over. When that happens, Tua is limited. And that's the nicest way I can say it. Tua is limited. Mike McDaniel and Tua are supposed to work together. McDaniel should know where Tua is weak and come up with ways to either improve those problems or at least mask those problems. And this season, we didn't see that, particularly in that game Saturday night. What I see Tua doing is locking in on Tyreek. Now, Tyreek is no doubt the best weapon in the league. But when Tua decides he's throwing it to Tyreek, no matter what the coverage is, it's done. He's throwing it to Tyreek. It happened time and again against the Chiefs. It happened time and again against the Bills. Tyreek is targeted. Even when he's not open, we're throwing it to Tyreek. Because Tua has made up his mind, I am throwing it to 10. That is where the ball is going. And many times, he can't even reach him. There'd be a lot of quarterbacks in this league, and I'm not just trying to sit here and go off on Tua. I'm just talking about what I see with my own eyes. I don't care about a quarterback rating. I don't care about yardage. I'm telling you what I see with my own eyes. There are many other quarterbacks in the league where they would air it out and the defender would be nowhere around because Tyreek's got the speed. He doesn't have to stop and come up for the football, and it would be a touchdown many times. Now, has Tua done that before? Of course. Tua... I'm not saying can't do it, but he doesn't do it often. Do I like having Tyree targeted a bunch? Of course, he's a great player. But Tua was supposed to be the point guard of this offense. Distributing. Like he's Magic Johnson running the Showtime Lakers. Hey, there's Waddle. Boom. There's Tyreek. Boom. There's Devon Achan. Boom. There's Mostert. Boom. Just getting the best playmakers the ball in space. And Tua could not even do that well Saturday night against the Chiefs. Now the question becomes, can Tua improve? That's an enormous question, isn't it? 
do we think the Miami Dolphins quarterback, the quarterback who is supposed to be the QB of the future for them, the franchise quarterback, where they do not have to go out again and look for another, that guy, Tua Tungabailoa, do we believe, after what we have seen for four years, do we believe he can improve? Because, again, that's a major question. I'm going to give you my thoughts on that in just a moment. Let me give you my thoughts on horse racing. You should head on out to Gulfstream Park. I love wagering on those horse races. And right now, the championship meet is going on at Gulfstream Park. The championship meet means the best of the best. The best horses in the world. The best jockeys in the world. The best of horse racing in the world is all at Gulfstream Park during the championship meet. When I go to Gulfstream Park, especially on a live race day, which is Thursday through Sunday, I go to their trackside restaurant, 10 Palms. I get myself a table, have a fantastic meal. You watch the races live right in front of you, and you can wager on them, and you know me, I do. Heck, you can even wager as little as 10 or 20 cents and possibly make thousands of dollars. I see it happen all of the time. Head on out to Gulfstream Park, especially on a live race day, any Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. It is the championship meet, and it's going on right now in Hollandale Beach at Gulfstream Park. Let's get to the real question. Can Tua improve? Because the Miami Dolphins, they're definitely pondering his future. I don't care what Chris Greer or Mike McDaniel say. We all know they're wondering and thinking Can Tua be the guy? What are we going to do? Now, as far as his contract goes, the team already picked up his fifth-year option. That means Tua is under contract for next season. But after that, they've got to make a decision. And many teams make this decision before the quarterback takes the field for his fifth-year option. A lot of players don't like going out there and not having that next contract. Some do, but... A lot of them don't, especially at a position where you can get paid so much money because then if you get hurt, yeah, there's insurance and all that, but we're talking about if Tua got paid, it would be $250 million, 40 or 50 over a period of five years. So after the fifth-year option, which is next season, the Miami Dolphins – They have to make a decision on what they're going to do. Are they going to pay Tua long-term? They can franchise him. There's, There's a couple things they can do. But we're talking about a decision that is major. You're talking about the salary cap. If you pay a quarterback who is not the guy all of this money, it hampers the rest of your roster. So can Tua get better? We take a look at what he did this season. Did he take a step forward? He did in the sense that he played every single game and the playoff game. And that's not nothing because the best ability is often availability. And to Tua's credit, he was there for them. That's big. If he can do that consistently... It's humongous because then we'll be able to judge his performance. He's there all the time. 
we won't have to sit here and pretend to be neurosurgeons and break down concussion after concussion after concussion and all these other injuries. So now that we saw Tua can play a season fully, it's time where he needs to grow his game. You could tell me he led the NFL in passing yards, and I would say, you know what, you're right. But he was terrible against good teams. He was a bottom feeder. He would destroy the weak competition, particularly at home, but then he would go on the road against a good team, and we would see all the problems. Where can he improve? From what I see, I think he needs to go through his progressions better. He needs to be a bit more comfortable when he's in the pocket. How about scrambling around a bit? You know when your first option isn't there? You, you need to go through the progressions and not just get crushed. You got to still be able to make a smart throw and a good one. Can Tua learn to do that? I'm very curious. We doubted Tua's learning last year when we all laughed about him taking these martial arts classes. But reality is he made it through a whole season. No head issues, no major injuries. That's not something to just throw away. I mean, that that does mean something. So now, let's assume that Tua is healthy again next season. Can he improve? Can he make better decisions with the football? Can Tua get other guys involved besides Tyreek Hill? We have to wait to see. And then we have to wait to see what the Dolphins decide to do with his contract. I I cannot see the Miami Dolphins giving him his bag of money before he plays next season. I just can't see it happening. I think it would be the wrong decision because we still don't know. After four years, we don't know if he's the guy. My sense tells me now he's not. You can't give the guy a bag of money. The best situation is to let him come back and play with that fifth-year option and see what he is. See if he's somebody you want to invest more money into. But based on 2023, I can't say he's worth that bag. He could be, but I need to see him play well in a game like the wild card round or the divisional round or any big games that come up on the schedule. Then maybe the conversations could start about paying him. But right now, I don't see how anybody could say, yeah, you got to pay the guy. Because if you pay him and you're wrong, what is that going to do for the rest of your roster? One weakness that the Dolphins also have to address this offseason is I think they need a dominant tight end. They need someone who can be a passing threat, a safety value for Tua, not just Tyreek. Tyreek's usually way down the field on passing plays because nobody can keep up with him. The Dolphins need a safety valve for, for Tua, and I think that comes with a really good tight end. Apparently, Mike McDaniel doesn't like tight ends, but you see tight ends around the league, they, they're doing well. <laughs> The Dolphins have a lot to work on, and here we are. It's just day two of the offseason, and some of you have a lot to work on well when it comes to your future, especially your financial future. 
Trajan Wealth can help you. It's a brand new year. Maybe you've got brand new goals or you're just trying to meet the goals that you've had for quite some time. What Trajan Wealth will do is they will design a plan based around those goals that you have. It's not like you're going to go to Trajan Wealth's website, trajanwealth.com, or call them at 561-390-1000. It's not like you're going to do that and they're going to tell you, here's what your goals need to be. No, you're going to tell them your goals and then they will help design a plan based around those goals you have so you can do well in your future. The easiest thing to do is visit trajanwealth.com. Again, that's trajanwealth.com. It will cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. Or like I said, you can call them. They're located locally in Palm Beach. 561-390-1000. Don't wait any longer. Let Trajan Wealth start to help you today. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. There's many things the Miami Dolphins have to do this offseason. As I said, we're only on day two, at least for the Miami Dolphins. They're on day two of the offseason. It could have been worse. I mean, some other teams' offseason started well before Miami's did. And I'm not talking about just the end of the regular season, but having a bad record and you already know midway through the year, you're out of it. Let's see what they do with Christian Wilkins. Let's see what they do with many players. Now, for what it's worth, I'm assuming the Dolphins will keep Mike McDaniel. But what needs to happen, absolutely has to happen, is next year he's got to have a playoff win. Otherwise, he's not going to keep his job. It's cool to have a, a fun, young coach, but Stephen Ross... He's aging, just like all of us. He's not going to wait around another two or three years to see if Mike McDaniel can figure it out. This team needs to win a playoff game, and now we've got to wait another year to see if they'll be able to do it. The collapse is what makes it so disappointing. They were poised to be the number one seed where everything was going to go through Miami in the AFC. It was all there for them. They blew the division. They blew everything. They forced themselves to go to Arrowhead. Mother Nature gives them sub-zero temperatures. It kept getting worse and worse for the Miami Dolphins. And then the worst part for all of us and the organization and the entire front office was watching that on Saturday night. That's all the time I've got for this Monday afternoon. We'll do it again tomorrow. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.